making your way in the podcast world sure can hurt a lot. Getting to meet all you loyal littles sure gives us a shot. But wouldn't you like to be a guest? All those Skypes and endless nights, it sure can get stale. But with all you loyal listeners, how can we fail? But Chuck and Roxy also know Sometimes you want to go To a pod where everyone knows your name And the littles are glad you came Where the questions are fun and dumb And people aren't all the same The LP where littles want to know your name where the questions are fun and dumb And people aren't all the same The LP where littles want to know your name Welcome back to the Loyal Littles Podcast On the WTFC Podcast Network Hey Roxy Hey Chuck Hey Littles Roxy, I, I had to do it We had to do it I, I don't understand how that didn't get played, something like that on the big show. I thought for sure I was actually going to start writing one for the big show. And then I said, you know what? I want to do it for our show. Yeah. So I hope you all enjoyed the jingle. Roxy didn't even know I was doing it. Roxy and I are no. not together. This is really weird. Uh, but everything's fine. Don't worry. Well, everything's, Oh, yeah. Everything's fine. <laughs> you're, just, uh, you're just not with me, which I don't like because I got I so know. used to it. So um, Chuck's leading the bachelor's life. So... Uh, Come on, Careful. knock on my door. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, speaking of coming knock on my door, jingles. Now, I've never seen so many people get upset about this Applebee's commercial. People are losing their freaking minds over this, including Tony Kornheiser. Big it's shocker. Hilarious. Okay, so this all started for me. I did hear the commercial kind of in the background while we were watching the games on Sunday. I didn't really think much about it. It kind of bothered me a little bit that a commercial, I didn't even know what the commercial was for. I just heard it didn't kind of I in the back. Did I shoot you a look? Yeah, I think you did at one point, probably. I always catch the Bill Simmons. He always does his podcast late, late, late on Sunday night because they're on the West Coast. So it drops like mm. around 2 a.m. If I can't sleep, which is usually the case, I usually throw it on as I'm trying to fall asleep. He yeah. opened with it. He was, he was really angry about it. He was like, <laughs> how dare they? So I was like, oh, that's funny, I guess. Well, then the next morning, Monday, I put on the big show and Tony does a whole thing about it. And this is exactly what I'm talking about. There are just some things and I couldn't put it any better than Tony did, but there are just some things that should not be messed with. And I've gone yeah. into this before about revivals on Broadway and remakes of movies and stuff like that. There are plenty of movies that you can remake. They probably if they bombed or whatever, but there are just some and same thing with Broadway shows. I'm sorry. I, I know a lot of people. I haven't seen it yet. You haven't seen West Side Story yet, right, Roxy? No, I haven't. We had a lot of littles writing in about that saying, you must see this, you must see this, because they know how I feel about these things. Mm -hmm. And I haven't yet. I probably will, but it is definitely on my list of the ones, like Sound and Music would be another. There's just certain ones that just don't need to be touched. I yeah. felt like that with Mary Poppins, that whole thing. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's just some. And this was one of those theme songs that I agree with Tony. It just should never have been touched. It should not be used for anything else except when you're watching Cheers. Yeah. And I get it. Tony actually answered his own question, you know, with everything with, you know, uh, the answer to all your questions, as we know. I'm sure they got paid handsomely to use that theme song. I'm sure. Yeah, probably. And that's fine. 
And I remember telling the story already about the rap. Who was it? Was it Jay-Z who did the Hard Knock Life? I already told that story where yeah, you know, yeah. I was with Martin and we were making fun. Of him. He's like, yeah, if you saw how many zeros were on that check, you would have done it too. So I'm sure that Apple, I'm sure that um, they were in the same boat here. So, but I wanted to open the show. I thought I'd try to do my little thing with jingles and see how it came out. And I don't know. I thought it was kind of a nice little theme song for the episode. I think it was amazing. And I can't wait to listen to it on repeat. And (laughs) first of all, I mean, it's that song is iconic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So I guess that's the thing. It's being able to use a song that people recognize, but have it also fit the ad that you're trying to put out there. Mm -hmm. But So going with something more iconic makes sense, but I agree with you. That song was just too good. It's too good a song to mess with. However, I do love your jingle. So Uh well, thank you, Roxy. So that was okay. Roxy didn't even know I was doing that. This is you're missing all the fun, Roxy. I'm doing all these things behind the scenes here because you're not around. So I had to Mm -hmm. fill my time here. And but it got us thinking, Roxy, what are I'd love to know what are the littles? What are your favorite TV theme songs? And it brought me right to a name that a lot of people probably know. I would hope you know, but Alan Thicke. And he wrote a lot of these. And I did a quick Google search. I was heartbroken. I did not know he passed away. I'm, I'm sure I remember, you know, at the time I felt oh heartbroken. And then it just kind of passed. And I completely forgot back in 2016, he collapsed playing hockey with his son at a skating rink in 2016. I had no idea. I had no idea. Now for littles, for those of you who have no idea who I'm talking about, Google it. You probably know him best as playing Dr. Seaver on Growing Pains. That's Mm -hmm. basically where he was most well known for on the TV world. And he was a game show host. He played a good TV dad. Oh yeah. He's one of the ones I always make fun of. Him and uh, Cosby and who are the Uh other ones? Uh, Family Ties, you know, all, all the time. You know, when Kirk Cameron or whatever his name was in the show would come home and he's like, oh, I totaled the car. And he's like, oh, that's OK, son. You told the truth. Well, you know, blah, blah. no, that's not how that happens. Um, so anyway, but uh, he wrote a lot of jingles more right off the top of my head. He co-wrote Facts of Life theme song and Different Strokes. And those are two of my favorites. Two really um, great theme yeah. songs. Yeah. Cheers is obviously way up on the list. Littles, write us in. Tweet at us. What are your mm-hmm. favorite TV theme songs? There's a ton out there. I was trying to think. We were trying to brainstorm of trying to do like a little contest or a little thing. But we were just trying to see. We're going to take a tally of whose are the favorites and what is the most favorite out of the Littles yeah. and things like that. Yeah. And maybe we'll try to do a couple more little jingles or something like that based on them. And, you know, it'll just be a good time. But yeah, R.I.P. Alan Thicke. I mean, he's such a contributor. I love this idea. Theme songs are awesome. I think one of my favorites, I love the Mary Tyler Moore show theme song. I love the Golden Girls theme song. I love, I mean, there's just so many to choose from. So I'm excited to hear what people say. Yeah, I feel like you have to put them in categories, though, because there's, to me, I have some that have lyrics, some that don't have lyrics. Because let's not forget Hill Street Blues and theme songs like that that don't even have words. L.A. Law, not L.A. Law. Yeah, is it L.A. Law? I think it was called L.A. Law. That was another one. Dynasty, Dallas, all those, you know, Mm. they're just, they go on and on. Fantasy Island. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think they're all, you know, some of them are better than others. But yeah, there's just so many. Yeah. I mean, I love Lucy has to be in there too as a non-lyric, you know, like that. Just love it. But one last thing about the Cheers song that I just kind of put together in my head. So the reason why your jingle doesn't bother me and why I love it so much is because it's a jingle. It's like you change the words. You kept the melody. You change the words. But Applebee's took the exact song with the exact lyrics and made it as though Applebee's is the new Cheers. And that is not... That's I not acceptable. Why, I understand why people are upset about that. <laughs> yeah, it's not like if you're in the kitchen getting a snack and you hear that, you think, "Oh, did the Ooh, channel cheers switch? Is or, cheers is on." Not some commercial in between the football game. So yeah, about no, that's that's Applebee's. a good point, Roxy. 
Well, I'm glad my my jingle doesn't bother you. That's good. That's great. No, I hope it doesn't bother no, the other levels as well. All right, Roxy, we've got tons to get into. Let's uh, real quick, let's start with some follow-up emails from our last episode. James Cunningham wrote in again and he says, so to follow up on the sending of beer talk, I use the UPS store near my house to send beer. I have used the postal service to send beer one time. The UPS store asks what's in the package. Since it's already taped, they don't know what's in the package. It is not technically illegal to ship beer. It is just against UPS and FedEx policy. So not saying what's in the package protects everyone. The worst thing that can happen to you is that you'd be banned from using that particular store, or so I've heard. Now, when I sent beer via the postal service, the only thing they asked was if there were liquids in the package. I said yes. They stamped fragile on it. Now, okay, let's hold that thought for a second. We'll come back because that's not what happened to me. And then he goes into, you know, how to ship them, you know, obviously with bubble wrap, stuff like that and all that. And he says, hope th- I hope that clears things up. Well, James, sort of, because I tried that. I went to the post office. They said, I, when I said liquid, they said, nope, sorry. Well, actually, no, let me rephrase that. And I said it was beer and they said, we can't do it. So maybe he is right. Maybe he, if I just, again, had just said liquids, but I'm pretty mm. sure then they said what kind of liquids. Mm. And so and then I didn't want to lie. So that's right. when it all went south for me. All right, Roxy, let's get into some of our old news before we meet the littles today. We heard from Timothy Cree, right? Yes, we did. He says, what would I do if I had time travel? I'd travel back in time to the person who invents time travel and scream at the top of my lungs, don't invent time travel, you moron, <laughs> from Tim Cree. <laughs> <laughs> Fort Collins, Colorado. I believe. Yes. 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 All right. And then we're going to wrap in this, our co-host who couldn't make it on the show, but wanted to be heard segment. Love um, it. And, uh, we heard from Ritz. We got to get him back on. It's been since yes. the new year. So it's, yes. it's not his fault. We're just all over the place. Roxy, you know, we went down to Nashville. Roxy's up in Connecticut. I'm here. We're just trying to piece this together as best we can. Uh, but he wrote and he said, hey guys, it's pronounced Keen. Yeah, we know. We heard from a lot of littles about that. But he also says, I should add that Harvey Keen had the highest winning percentage of any Brewers manager, minimum one season, leading them to the World Series in 1982. As a player, Keen was the American League Rookie of the Year in 1953. He led the American League in hits four times during his career, including his rookie season, and doubles three times. He topped the American League with a 353 batting average in 1959. An interesting footnote, though he was a great contact hitter, Keen made the last out in two of Sandy Koufax's no-hitters. Interesting. You can always get Ritz on the line for a good stat. Oh, yeah. All right. And then finally, we heard from Rupesh, right? Yeah. Rup says, hey, Chuck and Roxy, I have not listened to the latest episode, so forgive me if you guys covered this. The soccer team you were talking about was the New York, New Jersey Metro Stars. They competed under this name until the club was bought by Red Bull and renamed the New York Red Bulls in 2006. Here for your soccer-related questions. Okay. Yeah, that's all great. And... Roop, yeah, that's great because no, we didn't touch upon that. And I knew there was a team that did that, but hello, they're doing it too now. You, I think right. you said since 2006, they're the New York Red Bulls. No, you're in New Jersey. You're the New Jersey Red Bulls. So I don't know. It's just a pet peeve. I'll shut up about it now though. Uh. <laughs> Roxy, real quick before we get to our Meet the Littles guests, we have a couple shout outs. Um, the first one, it's a little late and we apologize, but Mary Faye Randolph, Littles, if you, I think it was on Twitter, it must've been on Twitter. If you haven't seen her rendition of Reginald's song, you need to get on there right now. You need to pause the podcast, go to Twitter, look up Mary Faye Randolph, see her little dance she did for the- It's so good. It's so good. So good that I've challenged Roxy 
that I told her I think we need to do a little uh, little tap dance to it. So we're gonna see. I think see. we do too. We got we got to figure that out. We got to somehow because we the, will as soon as I'm back. Stay tuned. All right, the football season's almost over, Roxy. So there's not gonna be many more football picks. So we won't hear the song anymore. So okay, we need well to... maybe I'll go tap in the cold in my garage tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, no. We have time. <laughs> We've got until the Super Bowl. Okay. Because he makes his football picks all the way through the Super Bowl. So Perfect. the monkey still is making picks. That's all we need to know. Great. And then the other big one is obviously we're going to say Mo Werner. Such a, a great time the other night. Got to meet him finally and went to Hurley's. Uh, it was a, like yep. a little mini summer of littles, winter of littles, I guess we should call it. Ooh. Yeah. Mo, again, thanks for taking the time. And thanks for the chatter shirt. Oh, right. Yeah. I posted that picture, Roxy. I don't yeah. know if you saw it. So Roxy's got a chatter shirt now. How about that, Littles? Does that still make me fun-sized or have I graduated to another level? I I, don't know. Littles, tell us. Well, I think the Littles have clearly stated you're any size you want to be, basically. (laughs) So I kind of like fun size. I do, too. Because it's not a tiny, but it's not quite a little yet. But I am getting you more and more into listening to some of Tony's. I am more and more involved, yes. (laughs) Anyway. All right, Roxy, let's get out of here. We have such a great Meet the Littles guest. This was another one. Speaking of jingles and stuff like that, I discovered him on the big show. I did not realize who this person was, what he did. He was in Italy at the time when I was going through this, but now he's back in the States and he was Mm -hmm. gracious enough to come on and meet the Littles. So, all right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back with Meet the Littles. You're listening to the Loyal Littles Podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. so fast I wish it just slow Guess Father Time He always knows Just what each new day brings For all us left behind And I'm just seeking some peace All right, Littles, this is an interesting one. We are being played in this episode by Jason Martin, retired MSG U.S. Army. Love that. And this song is called Time. And Jason writes in and says, I wrote this song about aging and looking back on time and about the things we appreciate and regret in life. Now, if you like what you hear, you can reach Jason at his email address, which is jmartinsongs at gmail.com. That's J-A-Y-M-A-R-T-I-N-S-O-N-G-S at gmail.com or on his Facebook page. And we'll post that link in the show notes. And as always, we'll play the full song, Time, at the end of the podcast. All 
right, all you loyal littles, it's now time to meet the littles. And Roxy, another great one. This one I found kind of through the big show. Yeah. And we'll get into all that. Mm-hmm. Loyal littles, please welcome to the podcast, Kyle Kettleson. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? Hey, Chuck and Roxy. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is amazing. Now, we're going to go back to exactly how, because we were talking a little bit off air, how we connected. I guess is best. But let's start from the beginning. Why don't you take it over, introduce yourself to all the loyal littles out there. Well, my name is Kyle Kettleson, as I said. I'm a professional opera singer. That's my job for the past 22 years. I live in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, which is a suburb of Madison. My wife and two teenage kids and just trying to get through COVID like the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's going to be my first question. Well, let's, let's, let's not do go. that. Let's go back because the listeners are going to know right away we have a major connection. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of fanboying here a little bit, to be be honest, (laughs) because the listeners know by now I was an opera major in college and I didn't love it, but I did it. So what's your background there? Where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? All that kind of stuff. Uh, I grew up in Clinton, Iowa, and I went to University of Iowa uh, in Iowa City. And I started studying voice there, basically. I'd been a singer all my life, but really never considered uh, doing it for a living. I actually wanted to go in the Army and fly helicopters. I was in the National Guard for about six years uh, in the early 90s while I went to school. And, you know, when I went to Iowa, it was my third year of school and I went to Iowa and I thought I would audition for the vocal faculty just to take lessons. And in that audition, the man who would become my teacher said, you will have an international career if you decide to, if you, you know, and I said, okay, I'm a music major. That sounds good. You know, because so, I have no... I'm sorry. So I didn't mean to cut you off. So what was your original major no. then? So, I mean, it was open. I did general studies because oh, okay. I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Gotcha. And then I actually, yeah, I mean, then I sort of declared the lamest of all communications major. You know, that's like the, you know, you can do anything you want through communications. So it's kind of a generic placeholder. That was going to be my first. I didn't realize that Iowa had this great music program or whatever. I didn't realize you didn't go to school to do this. No, I entered college just because that was the thing to do. You know, each of my older sisters went to school and um, I knew I wanted to go to college. And so I just thought I would do it and something would appear to me. And luckily it did. That's Hmm. amazing. So um, I started studying voice at 19, and then I got my bachelor's at about 23, and then my teacher said I should go to Indiana University and study with a man named Giorgio Totsi. And I said, who? Where? Because I, you know, I spent my undergrad years, when I wasn't singing, I was playing Sega Genesis or going to play basketball <laughs> with buddies. Or, since I really didn't discover beer until I was 40, that kind of benefited me. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I went to Indiana for grad school, and I left there in 99, and, and have been uh, singing professionally ever since. Wow. Totsi was a, one of the most famous singers of the 20th century. He mm. was um, like, I mentioned South Pacific before. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of Rosano Brazzi in the movie, like the singing voice of Rosano Brazzi in the movie, Emil Debeck. Whenever yeah. he opened his mouth to sing, you know, some enchanted evening. That's yeah. my teacher. Oh, wow. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah. That, that was that's cool. Dubbed over. Like, and yeah. he sang on he sang on Broadway. He sang oh, sure. He, yeah. he actually acted in movies and TV. In addition to being one of the most successful and significant opera singers of the of the second half of the 20th century. Yeah, some of that discussion, Littles, uh, a lot of times, well, you know, if you come on the show, we do a lot of talking off air before, you know, just to get to know the people before we start recording. 
We probably should have just hit record, Kyle, because we had some really good conversations that we should. Well, bring you up. can do it again. Yeah, right. Part no, our, I mean we had our some... jobs, as you know, is to act like it's it's spontaneous. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we so, know that. <laughs> well, because we were trying to figure out the connection, because I couldn't remember how or why I can. Because I apologized already, Littles. I didn't know who he was, <laughs> and I was like, I found you through the big show somehow, and we finally figured it out. It was because you wrote a jingle. Now I just discovered you wrote this jingle years ago. I thought it was a new jingle, and but then I remembered because it was one of your friends, and we'll get into the story in a second, that has a podcast. You went on it, and they asked to resubmit the jingle instead of hearing the monkey jingle. Right. So it was I was in Hamburg, Germany, and it was about six months before COVID hit. And I was really, for whatever reason, I don't know, I got a fire under my butt to try and write a jingle. I thought, I, you know, I should do that. And so I started listening to reggie's theme song and realized that a lot of ooh, ooh, oohs were involved and for whatever reason fly me to the moon popped out of my head because there are a lot of ooh, ooh, ooh rhyming uh-huh. in that song mm-hmm. and so i just thought okay what i need to do is incorporate every bit of the show that i can and so i thought okay this is for the betting portion of the show on thursdays during nfl season where they're talking to carvel they're talking to jeff ma they're talking to chuck todd and then reggie and so I worked in all of those things, and they very conveniently fit into the same style. And then Johnny Walker, of course, I put in there. Right. And throwing your poo, very important. <laughs> and so, you know, the only thing that I thought might hinder it was that I took the instrumental portion from YouTube, and I'm not sure it was really, it's probably copywritten. Oh, I see. <laughs> sure. But Nigel responded and said, we'll uh, let our lawyer take a look and then we'll get back to you. And it was cleared and then it came on and I was, you know, over the moon with nerdy joy that it was that it was on. And uh, it's been on there about four times. And so yeah. that was originally, what, two years ago? You know what? I think it was three years because with everything else dealing with how far, how long ago was that? You have to add a year because of COVID. Yeah, right. <laughs> I was going to say you said right you before. Know. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Wow. And so this so was, re-aired about, what, now about a month and a half ago, I would say? Maybe two months? Yeah, I guess. Like you said, a guy I know in town interviewed me for his podcast. He thought he would write in and plug it and me, my extension, and said, you should play that tune again. And so then I just said, all right, let's do it. And they played it. And, and I guess I popped up in your radar. Yeah. No, it's and it's such a great one. It really is. And well, because your friend wrote about you, because like I said, I didn't know about the opera singing and all that stuff. But he is a friend of yours? Or how do you know him? No, I uh, oh. we're not actually friends. We've only met oh. online, you know, in front of the camera. Or he heard me on the Conan O'Brien podcast. Oh, okay. Because Conan has a podcast where he interviews, you know, typical celebrities called Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. <laughs> and I've listened to it for a couple of years. And then he started a kind of a mini series within that series called Conan Needs a Fan. And he encourages fans to um, fill out the form online and submit it. And and so I did that and I thought, nah, they're not going to want to talk to me. You know, kind of the same thing you run into a lot. You know, what do I have to say? And so they liked what I put online. I just tried to be irreverent and funny and, you know, kind of... uh, make them laugh. Sure. So they contacted me a couple of days later and asked me if I would do a, a pre-interview. And I said, sure. And so I met with one of his producers and then they asked me if I'd want to be on the show. So anyway, I did that, which was a great bit of nerdy fun mm-hmm. to hang out with Conan for a little bit and talk to him. And and so that's where the guy that I who asked me to do his podcast in my hometown here in Sun Prairie and saw he, me. Yeah. He, so now we'll get into that because I was actually going to say that for the second half of the interview. Uh, because, well, because the littles are going to now throw in my face a little bit because Conan and I have a semi connection as well. Not really, (laughs) but we'll get back to that. You're originally from there. Where does your fandom lie? All of that stuff. 
So originally from Clinton, Iowa, which is uh, eastern Iowa, about two hours from Chicago. So I was born on Cubs, Bears. Gotcha. I came to the Bulls later. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very much a Chicago fan, although I've kind of adopted the Milwaukee Bucks because of Giannis. I mean, I, I love Giannis uh-huh. and uh, what, what he's done and what they've done. I was so happy they won the championship. And, but now the Bulls are just coming on. So yeah. I'm seeing Zach Levine and uh, DeMar DeRozan. But really, I'll watch any NBA game. I'll watch any NFL game. Baseball's kind of taking a backseat, but I still root for the Cubs. And we'll still go to Wrigley. I'll take my family to Wrigley. We try to go every year. Nice. Oh, nice. But uh, like Wilbon says, they could open up Wrigley and people would fill it just to go in and have a picnic. Yeah, right. Just because of the, the venue. Oh, know? sure. The couple times I've been to Wrigley, well, more than a couple now, but it reminded me of like a live viewing of The Natural. That's what it reminded yeah. me of, the movie The Natural. You know, exactly. the, even the clock had hands. There was nothing mm. digital uh, about the place. Now it's been updated, of course, a little bit. But Yeah. Oh, tremendously. How about... Fenway, have they done a lot of uh, updates, you know, that kind of go- fly in the face of tradition? Uh, I mean, a little, like the scoreboard in center field is kind of yeah. really updated. And once they put the seats on the green monster and stuff like that, it was fine. It's I don't think it really ruined it, but it did. But it was a little it bit It didn't like, have that why? 70s old school feeling. Right. Back from, right. Yeah. They still man the old scoreboard at Wrigley, and there's mm-hmm. no air conditioning in there. It's still, yeah. Um, they've kept what they could, and actually they've matched like on the new on the jumbotron, which is great because before you couldn't get replays. You know, you right. thought, well, we'll see the replay. No, you won't because yeah. it's Wrigley. Um, but now they've really matched. So like the um, the default setting uh, on the jumbotron is it seems to me identical to the to the colors around it, the natural paint around it. They've really done a great job of oh, that. Good. So it, it doesn't feel as obtrusive as we all feared it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. I wish they would kind of yeah. go back to those days. I got to yeah. be honest. The, the I mean, non-replay <laughs> days. I mean, no offense we to any Yankee fans out there, but we go to Yankee Stadium. I've never been, I had never been to the old stadium, but Chuck had, and it's just, and going to this new, super updated, super modern stadium. I mean, it's they have like, sushi restaurants in there for Pete's I mean, it's, it's, it is cool to experience that, but for me growing up, I grew up going to an old timey stadium, yeah. you know? Hot dog so, and a beer. Right, you know? it's like, right. Just nothing fancy. Just you go, you sit. You eat, you drink, you watch a game, and it's that's what it is. It was kind of like, even though I had never been to the old Yankee Stadium, I could see, okay, wow, this is very modern, and I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah well, you and I were similar in that we were kind of spoiled, and we did. We grew up going to these grand old ballparks, mm-hmm. which were really the from the golden era of that sport. Yep. I mean, and don't even get me started about the, I don't know which stadium it is, but the one that has a pool in the outfield, <laughs> a swimming pool in the outfield. I'm like, what are you thinking? Oh, yeah, Arizona. Like, yeah. Why do you go to a ball game? game to go swimming yeah well they don't that's that's crazy. well i mean they do that they they're, do they're not going to the ball game is my point <laughs> yeah they're, they're. Uh, anyway. i do like the new style of making you know because in the 60s and 70s they built shea stadium and bush stadium you know mm-hmm. all those and the oakland coliseum the places that were just cookie cutter places yeah that you could play multiple sports in that had no individual mm-hmm. character whatsoever right. but now you know you get the places like Houston, where they, I don't know if they still do, but the flagpole and the mound, you might get your bell rung. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Pole, trying to get a you know, fly ball. Because my top five, I think it's PNC for sure. And people always get surprised by that because it's Pittsburgh and oh. no one thinks of Pittsburgh yeah. as a baseball town. Uh, well, not anymore. They used to be. Mm-hmm. But it's one of the best, the way it's situated. You have the skyline in the background and San Francisco is another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's just some really, really nice ballparks out there. And it's just, yeah, it's so cool. 
And funny story, Roxy got me one of those Lego, or I should say, knockoff Lego, knockoff Lego <laughs> company uh, <laughs> ballpark two years ago. And I put it was a disaster. I mean, trying to put a this, Fenway, yeah, it's fen- terrible. It's great. I mean, but it was it was a nightmare. It was not fun at all. I guess, and that's what she that's was hoping for going off brand. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. well, because Lego doesn't make them, right? I, Which I is d- crazy. To it me. has to be a copyright type MLB type situation because I cannot imagine. I've said that for years. I've been begging. I'd go to these big Lego stores. I'm like, how can you not have these ballparks? Yeah. Because it's like such a great opportunity. But this company yeah. also does like football stadiums. I'm oh, sure yeah, they, they do have them soccer all. and like I, they have all of the sports, I think. But, it's, but they're not Legos. Uh, Let's just no. put it that way. So <laughs> we won't throw them too much under the bus. But we've had other listeners write in saying, oh, yeah, we, I made the same mistake. La, la, la. <laughs> But what I was trying to say is Wrigley would be my probably my second option because they do have Wrigley Field, mm-hmm. and I think that would be a cool one to put together. Definitely. Well, we have reciprocity, you and you know, with uh, Fenway and Wrigley. You know, yeah, I, I appreciate. Right. Uh, yeah, and we have Theo as well. So yes, that's very true. Yes, he was good to both of us. Well, I always <laughs> yes. find it interesting talking to people who are from like Iowa who don't really have a professional team and in their I, area. Yeah, in their area, like Nebraska and people like you know, I always like to see where they kind of go to. And I know it's a Midwest thing, but it splits. Yeah, I mean, so as with a lot of Chicago fans, a lot of it had to do with growing up on WGN. The same can be said about WTBS and the Braves, you know, a national network that shows local games. Right. But we were close to so we could even get them on the radio, you know, the Cubs on the radio and the Bears on the radio. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, yeah, like Iowa is split. If you head to the south, you're going to get St. Louis Cardinals fans. If you head to the north, you're going to get Twins, uh, Vikings fans, even Green Bay fans. And if you go to the west, you're going to get Kansas City, Denver. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that because now with technology, I wonder if it's the same with the millennials. Because mm. now I know most times, I mean, not always, I mean, most times you grow up, my parents rooted for the Cubs, so I root for the Cubs, you right. kind of thing. Right. But, not always, but now with technology, I mean, you can get any game, mm-hmm. anytime, MLB.com. So it's interesting, like if you live in a place, Wyoming, that doesn't really have a professional <laughs> team, you can pretty much choose any team you want and you can watch yeah, them true. religiously. Yeah, that's interesting. There you go. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, we have to get into Conan, but we're going to take a quick break. You can stick around, right? I'll be here. All right. All right, all you loyal listeners, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Meet the Littles. Hey, everyone. This is Maurice from D.C. And if you know me, you can call me Mo. You're listening to the Loyal Littles podcast on the WTFC Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And we're lucky enough absolutely lucky enough to be here with Kyle Kettleson and we're talking about a lot of different things. We want to dip back into the Conan O'Brien conversation a little bit because I want to know what that was like. It's not a big deal with me. The connection was I play old time baseball and you've probably never (laughs) seen this clip, but if you haven't, you might want to Google. It's pretty funny and the littles make fun of me for it all the time. He came out to Long Island and did a parody of our leagues and oh yes, he had a he had yes. an old, he had a uniform on and he a huge mustache. Yes, yes yeah. that was us. Yes, so that's totally making fun of us, and because uh, he's like, don't you have better things to be doing with your time than like dressing up in these uniforms? And because it was a commitment, it really was. Like they wouldn't want they would make sure we didn't have our gym bags, anything within anything sight, modern. I mean, I have to be honest, though. It was very exciting. Now, I haven't been able to play in years because I've got a gig, essentially, and because they <laughs> usually play on weekends so you can travel because it's like a travel team. Mm-hmm. But we got to play at Doubleday Field at Cooperstown. That was one of the most wow. thrilling. Right. One of the most thrilling moments since then, because these leagues, this is how it used to be. They literally would show up to an abandoned field. They would set up some hay bales as the backstop. And they would literally just throw these bags down, and they were bags. And home plate was a round plate, 
And then they would just stick these sticks in the field for like foul poles. And that right. was it. And they would play baseball. What era was this? Well, ours, this is the thing. They have different leagues all over the country. It's really amazing. And it depends on the, the year. Uh, my, my league was 1864. So no gloves, not even the pitcher and the catcher, no gloves. And then as you get higher, now there's probably some before us too, but the ones we played in, they go gradually higher. And then, so then like just the pitcher and the catcher had gloves mm-hmm. And stuff like that. And then the catcher started having some protective, you know, it's like (laughs) hilarious. Like we were idiots. I sit here and think, you know, I'm a drummer and performer and I'm sitting here playing baseball with no gloves. (laughs) Like the broken fingers were nonstop. Broken fingers nonstop. How did the, how did your ball compare? Uh, It was a little bit softer than today's. Uh, Not much though. But if it hit you, it would still Oh yeah. (laughs) If you got a line drive, you you were better off taking it off the body and letting it fall and then throw him out. No, seriously. Like it just, if you're an infielder, like third base would be the worst. I would never, I was, I was a catcher, pitcher and an outfielder. I would never. Yeah. And cause you know, there's, I've said this on the podcast before, there's different rules where a one hop is an out. So in other words, yeah, if it's a pop-up and it bounces once on the ground and then you catch it, it's an out. Now, of course, you'll get totally hammered by the other team and they'll yell unmanly, unmanly if you don't, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, there's all these different terms, you know. Huzzah. Well, yes, huzzah. Exactly. Well struck, you know, uh-huh. it's, you know, and it's, you know, an arbitrator, not an umpire, all these different terms. But that Conan piece he did was absolutely brilliant. It really was. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I saw it when it was on air. I used to be a, a religious viewer. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was fantastic. Mm-hmm. When so, the airplane flew over, what is this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, what is this? He's like, <laughs> Because, you know, Long Island, so, it's right there. All the right, airports right. are right there. Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, let me ask you, were you part of the era that allowed spectator interaction with the ball? No, yeah. I don't believe so. When we lived in St. Louis for a few years, uh, we had a friend who was in one of these leagues. And I think it was a little earlier. You said 1864? Yeah. I think he it was 18, really like the, the dawn of the sport, even before that, where spectators were encouraged to interfere with the ball. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Like that run on the field, game. interfere? Or? I think if maybe this is pre-foul ball. No, I could be ah, completely okay. wrong on this. But uh, you could do things to aid your team, whether it was hinder the ball. or And I don't know, maybe there were wrestling matches between the fielders and spectators to try and get the ball. Oh, uh, right. I don't know. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, because you're right. Because, I mean, foul ball probably didn't exist in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So a couple it. people were killed, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, maybe that fits this rule. Right. But anyway, let's get back to Conan. All right, so what was that Conan, like? It was incredible fun. Uh, it was recorded as a Zoom call on video, and they have, you can find like a four-minute video. They asked me to sing, so I sang, and they, have, of course, have that on, right. the video version, along with Conan's attempt at, you know, his version of the same song that I sang, <laughs> nice. so, which was a lot of fun. And so, yeah, I mean, that's funny because so many people have contacted me about that. You know, and so many colleagues and I mean, I was rehearsing in Chicago just after that. And somebody I'd never seen before walks up to me in the elevator and said, you were just on Conan Bryan's podcast. And I said, yep. So I was kind of, you know, it gave me a little mini celebrity yeah. you know, as, a, as a fanboy. So, oh, I mean, so, fun. so now let's tie this all into the TK show. Now, how did you become a little when did you start listening to Tony and all that stuff? So I was working in D.C., in September of 2001. So I was there for 9-11. And I think they started, didn't they start just after 9-11? Well, like PTI. October of... PTI. PTI, sorry, that's what yeah. I meant. So I'm going back to PTI. Gotcha. That's how I first became aware of Tony. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And so since the beginning of PTI, I've watched, if not daily, I mean, 
nearly daily. Yeah. I've missed only a handful thanks to the wonders of DVR. And even when I'm overseas, I'll catch it on DVR or I'll see it now in other ways, you yeah, know, podcasts. other ways of viewing it. And um, yeah, I, I never miss. And so I had heard him refer to his podcast a number of times before I really was into podcasts. You know, yeah. I thought, I don't have time to just sit there and listen and stare at the wall. <laughs> right. You know? So you got music <laughs> to learn. Know, right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so I finally thought, uh, you know, am I going to want to listen to an entire hour of him? So I thought, I'll give it a try. And shortly after, I mean, I realized it was, of course, it's, it transcends sports. It's much more than that. His guests, especially the, the core group of Saliza and Gary and um, Nigel and Michael, I mean, it's such a great group. You know, I found myself just loving it immediately. And that has been something that I have not missed. And when I was in D.C. again before COVID hit, they were still, I think Chatter had closed, which broke my heart mm -hmm. because yeah. I'm like, I'm going to go to Chatter. I'm going to make yep. the pilgrimage yeah. to Mecca. Yep. <laughs> that closed. So it really broke my heart that I couldn't see them live. But I hope Tony will come out of the attic at some point and we can see him live at some point. That'd be great. Yeah, trust me. I kick myself because we had a couple semis sort of. See, well, you know, in the business, especially at a Broadway it's really show, hard we, to take time we get, off. you get one day off a week. Yeah. And that's yeah. it. And your dark days are usually like Mondays. And it's mm -hmm. it's just really hard to really just inconvenient yeah, for to normal jump down life. <laughs> to be there for 730 a.m. taping of yeah. the podcast oh, no. and chatter. You know, it just doesn't. Yeah, really... that one day off. You don't want to. I mean, I don't most I'll have three shows in a week. And right. that's it's a different whole different deal with opera. It's right. a whole different sure, deal. Of course, yeah. right. But I mean, I have plenty of friends. I mean, my buddy is the conductor of Aladdin on Broadway. Right? Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Um, and he was the conductor, or the assistant conductor of the Lion King tour for years. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I, you know, and I have friends who are on Broadway. And, right. And they've done that. And, and so, I, you know, that schedule. And I've had opportunities to kind of get my toes and it didn't work. But I, it kind of scares me, that schedule. Because, yeah, like you say, you have one day off yep. and you don't want to do anything. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And, and the funny thing is you're talking about your buddy on tour because that's where I, most of my – I toured for the first 25 years right out of college. People don't oh, realize boy. our day off – is traveling to the next city. Oh, That's God. considered our day off. Now, yeah. Littles, think about that. How many times have you been <laughs> in an airport and most times, even if you don't have a connecting flight, okay? Think about that. That's our day off. Yep. We get up, get on a bus, <laughs> as a group. go to the, as a group, go to the air. Well, I try to avoid that as much yeah. as possible, but go to the airport, wait for your flight. Most times, because these are companies that are trying to, you know, save money. You don't get the first class direct flight. Let's put it that way. You, <laughs> you most likely have a connecting flight. We'll just say it that way. And you're at the back of the plane. You know, it's just like, it's, yeah, it's hi-ho the glamorous life, yeah. you know? And it's, Jeez, but my point is, ever. then you get in at like four in the afternoon and you get settled in, you find a place to eat. That was my day off. Yep. <laughs> you know? And then the next day you have sound check and you do it all again, mm -hmm. you know? And it's quite the... Wild. Yeah. I mean, at least here in New York, yeah. you're stable. You're in your own apartment, most likely, and you have the day off. Yeah. So that's nice. But again, yeah, yeah. like you said, yeah, it's crazy. Sorry, didn't mean to go on that rant. Uh, <laughs> but since you could, I know, we have so much in common. It's very funny. It's uh, very interesting. I'm so intrigued by your passion and your life. I know the littles are going to, they're very intrigued because I've had people write in about this. Because there were a couple people that were like, you have to get Kyle on the podcast. I'm like, I know, I know, wow, I'm on it. I'm on it. Now, your overseas stuff. Now, you said you just came from Vienna and stuff. Yeah, I was in Vienna for two months. So you talk about travel. The travel that I do is, you know, I go, I don't tour. Each of us is independently contracted, mm -hmm. individually contracted. 
And so we all come from our various corners of the globe and we get together and we rehearse anywhere from two to seven weeks, depending on the production, Mm -hmm. if it's a new one or if it's a revival. And then we have anywhere from three to 13 performances. And so I'll set up shop. I'll get an apartment and make it my home for those two months. Whereas you guys are, you know, going city to city to city. That's, that's a different discipline. I couldn't do that. So yeah, I was, I travel probably seven or eight months of the year. Like I said, I've done this since 1999. I work more often in Europe just because, I mean, there's so many more higher quality opera houses and opportunities for work over there. Now, the the places I do work in the States are nice. The Met, Lyric Opera Chicago, Houston Grand, San Francisco Opera, Minnesota Opera, DC, LA. So yeah, I mean, Pete's having a real job. Now, when you go international, does your family come too? Do they come visit? Obviously, COVID aside, but do you get to see them at all? Yeah. We look for every opportunity for them to come and at least spend a week or so wherever I am. That's awesome. I have colleagues who, especially when their kids are young, Mm -hmm. the family travels together 24-7. I mean, they're together all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That would be rather difficult. I mean, I have an amazing wife who would make it work, but you know how it goes. When you're performing, it's one of the most selfish things that you can do is to to have a good performance because you have to think of me, 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 me. Right. Yeah. Well, to be a good parent, it's the opposite. In order to have a good finished product, uh, you know, a quality child and not releasing another turd into the world, <laughs> you gotta. You know, it takes time and oh, yeah. devotion and sure. effort and sacrifice. Yeah. And so those two worlds, when they are combined, it's especially difficult on mm-hmm. all fronts. But yeah, they've been to Europe a number of times, been to Japan, all over the States. So they really have gotten to know the world. You know, wow. at a young age, they've seen multiple cultures and it's a beautiful thing because they just, they come and they see different people and it doesn't mean anything to them. It's just people. And my daughter really took a liking to France. They've been there a number of times. And so she's now minoring in French in, in college and really um, wow. wants to go study there and maybe live there and who knows. And Amazing. So yeah, it, it, um, I think it's a gift to give to especially American kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because we tend to be in the spotlight. We tend to be kind of the center of the world. And I, you figure that out when you travel. Everybody knows all about America. Everybody knows all about it. They get everything we do in their news and the pop culture and everything else just permeates everyone else's culture yeah. and politics and everything else. So it's good for them to realize that there's more than our way of life. Well, Kyle, I mean... This is why we did this podcast. This is so fascinating. Your life, the whole, and getting to meet so many different littles. I mean, we went, just a couple episodes ago, we went to a a gentleman who doesn't match his socks to, (laughs) I mean, Pepe, (laughs) Pepe. right? Yep. Who scored these two goals after being hung over one night. I mean, the story, but it's a great story. Right. I mean, no, he didn't do it in Europe, but who cares? It's a great thing. He actually (laughs) did it at my alma mater, my high school, which was hilarious. That's right. Thank you so much for coming on and answer. This is just, it's fascinating. It really is. I knew I was going to fanboy a little bit out because this is kind of what we do as well. Mm -hmm. And to hear these stories. And so thank you for that. We can't let you get away without some fun, dumb questions, though, if that's okay. Bring it. All right. I mean, Roxy, we're almost out of time. But I know. You better start because you'll go right to the, the actual <laughs> the, fun, The fun, dumb. dumb ones. Yeah. All right. Well, well, actually, this one could be interesting. This is an old school one. Would you rather be the best player on a losing team or the worst player on a winning team? Oh, man. It depends on my contract size. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. That's the right <laughs> you know, answer. Do I want to yeah. pull a Tom Brady and have 
now he had the best of both worlds because he deferred on his contract, he renegotiated his contract so he could pay better players around him. So that was not a good example. Well, I just realized I totally asked this question the wrong way. What I should have said, would you rather be a star of a community theater opera production <laughs> or ensemble at the, at the Met or something <laughs> like at this, this oh, amazing with Pavarotti and like, you know, like, I'm not sure that's a fair comparison. I know. I know. You're right. Well, I have yeah. show, like favorite shows that I would be a chair that someone sits on if it right. means that I can be in that show, <laughs> you know, as opposed to right. Right, being the lead. Yeah. <laughs> so let me see if I can get this back on track before we have to let you go. Crunchy or smooth peanut butter? Uh, smooth traditionally, but you know, if there's crunch involved, I'm not going to kick it out of bed for eating crackers. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, Kyle, we can't thank you enough. This has been amazing. I wish we had more time. We'll have to have you back on for what we call five mediocre minutes at some that's, point. If that's I'm all okay. about mediocrity. <laughs> <laughs> but real quick, plug everything. First of all, I, can we still hear the Conan podcast? Where's that? Oh yeah. Okay. I should say, yeah, you can, I mean, you can just Google Conan opera singer and okay. i think i'm the only one to, to show up on there gotcha. and i think it's on earwolf is is the production ah. earwolf Productions. Yep. you can google kyle opera or kyle kettleson and find me easily i'm on twitter instagram facebook etc cetera, etc cetera. very easy to find and then uh, i'll be in seville spain for a while and then i'm going to vienna and then i'll be in new york well i guess that's about a year from now Great. Well, definitely yeah. keep in touch. Look us up. We'll definitely love to Come take see you, you out. Yeah. yeah, it'd be great. I will. That'd be great. All right, Kyle. Well, thanks again. And as an homage to the big show, we'll get you out of here on this. Over or under? <laughs> over. It's got to be over. We have an oft visitor to our house, a family member, and I'm not going to out this person. We suspect <laughs> they would go around the house and flip them to under. <gasps> They Chuck Todd the toilet paper. That's what we call that. <laughs> yes, which doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make any sense. Over is a way of life. Live it, learn it, love it. And you know who it is. Yeah, we think so. So whenever they come over, you're like, I know it's you. Do you yep. Do you exactly. ever get to visit them in their place of residence? You know, we just, we try to, we try to lead by example. <laughs> we, yeah, so we don't unleash our over, uh, okay. our, uh, yeah, on All them. Right. Well, thank you, Kyle, once again. This has been a real treat, and I know the listeners are going to love this, so thank you so much. Oh, Chuck and Roxy, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure, and I look forward to the next time, and uh, hope to see you in New York. Yeah. Oh, we do. We look forward to hopefully seeing you perform someday. That'll mm -hmm. be exciting. Mm -hmm. So, All right, all you loyal listeners, we'll be right back. A bird. A plane. No. The Loyal Littles Podcast. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Loyal Littles podcast. And thank you, Kyle, once again. Good times. I apologize to the Littles for fanboying there a little bit. But <laughs> I mean, this is, hello, professional opera singer. I mean, Roxy, this is what makes this, I'll call it a gig, so crazy. Like, we just meet so many different interesting people. Yeah, it's so cool. Yeah, I mean, it's just one after the other. And I love it, especially when, the, oh, I don't have anything to talk about. And then it's like, it's one of the greatest. It's, it's just a lot of fun. And yeah. it makes this worth it. Uh, we're going to go all over the place here for our closing segment because we've got lots of things to discuss, Roxy. Okay. Um, so as we've said many times in this episode, Roxy's away. So Chuck will play. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I oh did a little, a little jingling. Well, I also tried our tiny little suggestion last time, which was a baked potato in the air fryer. No. Yeah, I did. Oh. Well, we can do it again. It's okay. Okay. But 
Ugh. What'd you think? Well, before I start, Roxy, I wanted to say we heard from Oz the Great and Flavorful, and he says, do you want to know why the air fryer makes baked potatoes and hot dogs so well? Because it's not a fryer. It's a small convention oven. Marketing magic in full display. Edward Bernays would be proud. Now, I don't know who Edward Bernays is, but yeah. Okay. but That tracks. It's an air fryer. They say it's, it's an called- air fryer. I know, but it's actually, yeah, I understand what he's saying. Oh, absolutely. I don't know. I mean, I guess it, it functions a little differently than an oven, but it's basically an oven. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the the arrow is just taken out of my balloon. But let's get into this because <laughs> I did it. Uh, it was interesting. All right. Before I go into like a review of any sort, I would like to state that there was one little problem with Jenny Robbins' tiny little suggestion. Well, we turned it into a tiny little suggestion, mm-hmm. but she just said, do it. There was no like set it at this temperature for oh, how no. long or anything That's like right. that. It didn't say how long. Now, for some reason, because the th- one thing that amazed me with the hot dogs that we recommended was how quickly they cook. Yeah. I mean, we're talking less than five minutes. You're good to go. Now, I certainly yep. didn't expect the potato to be done in five minutes, but it took a lot longer than I anticipated. Okay. Really? Now, someone, I don't remember who it was, so I I apologize. It might have been Claire, actually, who wrote somewhere about just rub it with oil and put salt on it. Okay. So I Mm -hmm. started with that. Now, Roxy, we know how we like to make our baked potatoes. We like to drown it in butter and salt. We do. But I wanted to take this advice. So I did it, started it with oil and butter. So I did it for 15 minutes at 400 because I I had no idea. So we always do it in when we do our in our toaster oven or whatever. We always go around 4, 425. So I figured, well, I might as well go 400. All I can say is it took a lot longer. I did it for 15 minutes. It wasn't even close to being done. And then so then I put the butter on it. So melted butter. And then I put it back in for 15 minutes and it still didn't feel done. Now, this is partly I was fooled because someone else said, that the outside would get nice and crispy, which it did. And I basically mm-hmm. can understand now why all these people like this, because it's basically like having a baked potato and potato skins at the same time, because that's what happens to the outside. It gets hard and crispy. So ah. I do think I left it in a little bit too long. Because How long when, did you have it in for? You know, honestly, total time, I don't really remember because I just kept setting it for like 10 or 15 minutes and checking it. And I don't remember exactly because I was cooking other stuff and I was kind of getting distracted. And so mm-hmm. I don't really, it, I wasn't just doing a baked potato. I, we'll have to do it again and you'll have to. I'm on Pinterest right now. And uh, the first recipe that came up says to preheat your air fryer to 400 degrees. What do you mean preheat you s- your air fryer? Well, you put it, set it to 400 degrees. If you're air, oh, but you don't have to like turn if, it on and run it a little bit. Right? Well, they said if your air fryer does not have a preheat option, which ours does not, then I recommend running the air fryer for approximately five minutes to warm up the air fryer prior to cooking the potatoes. Then it says uh, to tricky. stab the potatoes five to six times with a fork to allow the pressure to release sure, while cooking. Yep. Then you place it in, you brush it with the olive oil, put some salt on top, and then you cook it in the air fryer for 40 to 50 minutes until the potatoes are cooked through Whoa. and when squeezed gently then says after the cook time carefully remove the potatoes as they will be hot serve topped with your favorite potato toppings and enjoy now it doesn't say anything about the skins being crispy i would assume they would be oh yeah they would definitely and other people have been saying that so well okay so that's the first bummer part of it is that I just was kind of anticipating in the air. I don't know why. I feel like everything cooks faster in the air. Yeah. Mm. I didn't think it was going to take that long. Well, we also, I think, could make baked potatoes in the Instant Pot. Okay. Um, And I think I don't So let's move on, shall we? (laughs) I think that would take less time. No, you can't make baked potatoes in an Instant Pot. I'm sorry. Yes, you 
in. Oh my gosh. Please let's not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> now, one of these days you're going to have to do it and just not tell me. And I'll probably be like, oh, this is the best baked potato I ever had. But anyway, so we're going to give it another shot. I didn't hate it. It tasted good. And, but it was just hard to, I'm like literally cutting it with a knife and fork because the outside was so crispy and it yeah. was just, I thought I, mean, I overdid it really good. because the inside was very soft. So I think I overcooked it, honestly. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe now with directions that would help. I probably should have just called Steve Osbolt and, you know, had right. him help me. I'm, I'm here all by myself. So, you know, I, I needed help. So anyway. <laughs> all right, Roxy, let's get to some of this TV talk real quick. Not too much, but you are watching The Bachelor, right? Because we got an email about that. I don't have the email in front of me. We didn't have time to get to it last episode. But they were commenting how we are doing The Amazing Race and stuff like that. And we're not going to talk about that because that's that just happened last night. So no spoilers on that yet. But Bachelor, you're caught up? I am, yes. All right. So what's going on? Now, didn't Bobby Gottfried say he has a friend on this, the show? Yeah, one of the contestants and just kind of her entrance out of the limo was kind of bold and funny because she came out in red lingerie and a lab coat. She's a doctor, right? She's a doctor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was interesting. I do have to say, I don't know who anybody is yet because they all look the same. <laughs> okay. And that's, it's very unfortunate in a lot of ways, but also kind of funny they all look the same. They all have the same hair color, the same eye color. They look like they're the same height, and I have no idea who they are. Well, um, Roxy, I can tell you how to find out. I mean, I look, I'm excited about this, actually, because I kind of feel like I'm watching along with Roxy this time. <laughs> now, I'm not watching a second on the TV. What <laughs> no. I'm watching is Instagram. And yes. as I've said many times, just go to Instagram and go to at Jared Freed. And he does this amazing, hilarious bit where Recap. he recaps the entire episode in like 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. and But it's in chunks, so it's very easy to watch. And you can put it down, come back to it, put it down, come back to it. I mean, it's hilarious. It really is. Littles, if you're not following Jared Freed on Instagram, you really should be. Just for the Bachelor talk alone, it's, it's so good. I know. His it. commentary with it is so oh, yeah. spot on. It's so good. Yeah. And the work, he does a lot, of, a lot of work into it, into the videos. And mm -hmm. I wish I knew how to use Instagram like he does because uh, it's just it's, yeah. it's hilarious. So I do know exactly what you're talking about, but I, I figured I'd let you have the floor with the bachelor so go ahead yeah they anything look else the who, do you have any favorites or you don't really I don't, know yet? because i don't know who any of them are i mean there's a few that seem like they're already front runners but i honestly i couldn't even tell you who they were <laughs> okay that's fine well a few more little ones we wanted to get into we forgot to there was a couple shows that we've been enjoying that we forgot to mention we mentioned a bunch of them uh, a couple of weeks ago but we also started watching this grand crew yep abbott elementary Mm -hmm. And then one of our favorites, which unfortunately it's already the season finale, but and the word on the street is it's not getting great ratings, but Ordinary Joe. And I know we did bring that up like four or five months ago, but I have a bone to pick. Have, you haven't watched the most recent episode, right? I haven't yet. Okay. No. All I will say is it's really clever how they piece it together, Littles, but yeah. it's the same characters playing three different lives, I guess is how I would say it yeah it's like yeah. his life could have gone in three different directions right. and they're showing you what each direction would have looked like right okay and so, how they all kind of connect right yeah exactly so mm -hmm. the one thing i will say spoiler alert roxy so close your ears if you don't want to hear this it's not that big of a deal but there is one of the characters is a rock star okay and he's now on tour and he's they're doing the show and he's singing a song at his concert and they use a billy joel tune now don't get me wrong i love me some billy joel but I was like, what a perfect opportunity for like a no name. You know, like they could have found some independent artist or something like yeah. that because this guy's not known in, in our world, in this fictional world. He's a rock star, but no one knows the name or anything. 
So my point is, why couldn't they get an original song to use on the show? I mean, I don't think using a Billy Joel cover, it's not like he even looks like Billy Joel or anything like that. I was a little disappointed in that. Well, here's the thing. A couple, like a bunch of episodes ago, the writers kind of established that this character has, was inspired by Billy Joel. Oh, I guess. Well, then and that looked makes sense. up to him. So I think that's maybe why they chose a Billy Joel song. So oh, it doesn't okay. necessarily come out of nowhere. Okay. Um, but I do see what you're saying. It would have been cool to somehow put somebody else's work out there, somebody new and upcoming and see what happens. Right. You know, that would have been a good opportunity, maybe. But it does kind of make sense. Okay. So. Good point, though. All right, Roxy. And then let's end with a tiny little suggestion. How about that? Okay. Well, it's still TV. Now, I think I was talking to Sully about this off air, obviously, uh, in Twitter land or something like that. And we were talking about Michael J. Fox, and we were going back and forth about something, and it just struck something with me, and I completely forgot about it, but for some reason it popped in my head. It was a four-TV-made movie, and it was called High School USA. Do you remember that, Roxy? No. I didn't think you did. Yeah, I Mm -hmm. I, I, It was hilarious. Now, it just must have fit right in that slot for me age-wise, okay? Mm Because I remember taping this off the TV on Betamax and watching it over and over and over with my next oldest sister. But the cast, Roxy, Mike, can I interest you in, obviously, Michael J. Fox, Nancy McKeon, Todd Bridges, Angela Cartwright, Bob Denver, Dana Uh Plato... Crystal Bernard. Now, do you remember a lot of I know a lot of littles remember who Crystal Bernard is, but Tony Dow. Do you remember Tony Dow? Sort of. Leave it to Beaver. (laughs) Oh, he wasn't the Beaver. He was uh, the the, the brother. He was the brother. Yes. Yes. And then also Ken Osmond, who was from Leave it to Beaver. He played Eddie, right? Ken Osmond. I believe Um, so. I believe so. So he's in it. And then there's also Don Wells. Hello from Gilligan's Island. So, I mean, this cast is just jam-packed for a, t- a made-for-TV movie. And uh, it was almost like, a, it reminded me a little bit of Grease. There's also, there's like a car race in it, stuff like that. They don't sing Grease Lightning or anything. And it's not a musical, but I just remember it so well. It was right around when Square Pegs was out. That, that's another show. I'm aging myself, so I will stop. But um, that's going to be my time. If you can hunt that down, it was it was a lot of fun. I, I don't know if it's if it's dated now or if it's held up or whatever. I'm going to try to find it. So uh, maybe wait and I'll give you the review because I got to find that in Youngblood. I'm, I'm, <laughs> on the, I'm on a mission here, Roxy. And Roxy's like, and please do all this while I'm out of town. Well, I just I've never heard of this movie before. And now I'm looking through the cast and Dick York was in this. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, wow. It's, it was it was basically them trying to do a pull off another Grease, but not musical. Right, right. It's that I type. See. It's that type. But it was really good. And Michael, Michael J. Fox was huge back then. Yeah, he was. So anyway. All right, Roxy, that's all the time. Roxy, we have to get into this. Roxy got me a gift for Christmas, and it's mm-hmm. so interesting. And we're going to tease this, but it was a, uh, a gift from the Sea Turtle Conservancy. Now, I don't have a sea turtle here in the apartment or anything like that. But um, <laughs> she got them for me and your parents. My family. My, you got them for your whole family, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to tease that because I really want to get into that because it's really cute, really clever. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great gift idea, so I'd love to give it a little plug. But we'll do that next time. Roxy, tell everyone how they can get in touch with us. You can email us at wtfcpodnet at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter at LoyalLittlesPod. We're also on Instagram at the Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget about our Facebook page, The Loyal Littles Podcast. And don't forget to run over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts and give us a nice rate and review over there. Pretty please. And thank you once again, Kyle Kettleson, for coming on to Meet the Littles. And thank you, Jason Bullitt, Mo Werner, and Shad in DC for our bumpers this episode. 
And Roxy, it's National Cheese Lovers Day. How are you celebrating? I'm going to use the code. You can use the code? How about yeah, La Cheeserie? <laughs> La Cheeserie. I mean, it's also <laughs> National DJ Day, National Penguins uh-huh. Day, Na- Camcorder Day. And, I liked uh, the other one you said. Get to uh, know your customers day. That one. So, Littles, make sure. Go celebrate. Get to know your customers. I mean, yeah. And don't forget <laughs> to use the code. Bye. It was incredible fun. It goes so fast, I wish it just slow. Guess Father Time, he always knows just what each new day brings for all us left behind. And I'm just seeking some peace. And a satisfied mind I guess I'll relive the love Pictures in my mind But we don't get back the time Every moment Fast forward, rewind But we don't get back the time Hang now where love had grown. Oh, but to have you back now, I give all I own. Well, I can relive the love pictures in my mind, but we don't get back the time every moment. Fast forward. Back the time, every moment Fast forward, rewind Till we meet again, I will Relive the love pictures in my mind But we don't get back the time Every moment, fast forward, rewind But we don't get back the time The Loyal Littles Podcast is produced by the WTFC Podcast Network and edited by Louis B. Crocco. And the Loyal Littles Podcast logo is designed and drawn by Eric Lonergan. Oh, yeah.